And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And we have, I guess I already said this to him once, the Joan Rivers oh of our podcast. Of course, of course, he's not a comedian. Yeah, but he's not. Well, I don't know. You're pretty funny anyway. <laughs> but the Harvey, this is Harvey Stein. He's been with us several times. We featured him three, three, four times. Well, I don't know. He's taught a workshop for us. And uh, but uh, Harvey is uh, he's located in New York, although he's originally from God's country, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. With the Stillers. The Penguins. The Penguins. That's right. But he's been in New York a long time, long time street photographer. He teaches at ICP, teaches workshops. He's uh, an author. He's published what, nine books so far, soon to be ten. Ten books coming out in the month. Yeah, another book. Oh, out. wait a minute. It's already out. It's, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's just, right. Just out. It's the, uh, what's that called? The um, supply chain. Oh, right. The supply <laughs> chain issue. So we're gonna, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so we're going to talk today. We're going to we're going to talk about a particular subject uh, near and dear to Harvey's heart, and that's turning a long-term project into a book, which he's done several times. But uh, before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a, a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you? Okay. Well, thanks, Bob, for hosting me once again. Um, I always like talking with you and your audience. So I've been a street photographer since probably 1971. My first image ever published was in Life magazine huh. in December of 1970, probably 1970. And it was a picture of a man on, a, on the pier at Coney Island. The pier has changed. Uh, it's still there's still a pier there, but it's now m much more concrete and not wooden like it was then. The man was probably in his 60s, so he's probably not around. I was 18, so I'm still around. And uh, uh, that was my first picture. I should have probably quit when I was ahead being in Life magazine. Oh, my God. Is I, that the one that the guy with the hat, the real yeah, skinny guy? The real skinny guy sitting on a, the railing of the pier uh, by the ocean, uh, the pier going out to the Atlantic Ocean, and he's glaring at me. He, as soon as I took it, he was looking down at a book. He had his little lunch bag with him and a book. I clicked the shutter. He looked up, and that's when I took the second shot. And then he waved at me and said, get away, get away. And I was down on the ground, on my knees, shooting up. And he's very tall and skinny, so he's very elongated. I shot it, I think, well, with a 28 millimeter lens, so maybe distorted him a little more. And uh, never saw him again, thankfully. And that was that was one, that's in my new book, Coney Island People, 50 Years. It's in that, and it's in a book that I did 10 years prior. It came out in 2011 called Coney Island 40 Years. The new book is Coney Island People 50 Years. And he's in both he's in both books, the same photo. I ran it twice. It's one of the fav my favorite pictures that I've ever taken. So I'm from Pittsburgh. I, uh, I went to Carnegie Mellon. I have an engineering degree. I came to New York. I went to Columbia, got an MBA in um, marketing i uh i was in the uh well I, I, and i worked for about a year in the uh um in in the steel industry i worked on madison avenue for about seven or eight years in the 70s but i didn't like all of that i was in the american army in germany in schaffenberg and würzburg in the middle seven, 60s uh, got a camera, started photographing there, and then I came. When I came to New York to go to Columbia, I took classes—not at Columbia, but at New York in New York from private teachers. 
And by 1979, I quit the work world, quote unquote, <laughs> and became a full-time photographer. In the interim, I did a, my first book from 72 to 70, shot at 72 to 76, 77, six years, and it came out in 1978, a book called Parallels, A Look at Twins, uh, portraits of identical twins side by side, both on the street and in their homes. And that sold 10,000 copies. It's a great book. I've never had a better idea. Um, the sequences from birth to death, the youngest, like two months, to 71-year-old identical twins, kind of naked in bed together, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Um, so I've been doing street photography from the beginning. I've also done studio portraiture, a lot of portraits. I teach at ICP. I'm teaching at Los Angeles Center of Photography these days also, all remotely uh, since COVID hit in 2020. I do workshops throughout the world, India, China, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, Greece, Italy, Mexico, Argentina, <laughs> Peru, Ecuador, on and on. And I do, uh, I do uh, a workshop every summer in August in Taos, New Mexico, which I just came back from. Uh, no, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm just going. Uh, I'm there now as we're talking. It's very, very strange. I can get, Spill, spill the beans that we're recording this in late May to be run in on August 12th. I'm gonna, I think you said, Bob. Yeah, I believe that's the, that's the, but it's it may a not. Friday, you know. It's a Friday, and I'll be at that date, I'll be in New Mexico with nine students and a teaching assistant for eight days doing my annual New Mexico workshop in based in Taos, New Mexico, which is fabulous. And we shoot landscape, we go to the towns and shoot people and uh, we drink a little bit and we eat well and have a lot of fun. So if you're ever interested in a New Mexico workshop, uh, look me up and uh, contact me. So um, so I've been shooting, I, 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 I approach photography in, in as personal, personal way as possible. I'm doing my own projects. I do long-term projects, that's my specialty. And I do try to turn them into books. Not, it doesn't always work. I did a project on people living with AIDS, shot 120 people with AIDS in, from 92 to 96, beginning of 96, with a four by five camera, made beautiful prints mm -hmm. and uh, showed it to, and interviews and showed it to some publishers and it never got taken because it was too it was too hot the temperature was too hot with the aids in those days uh and i've never mark tried to find another or a publisher for it so i do projects that i love to do personal i'm not commercial most of them are on the street but my first two books the aid the portraits of twins and then the second book in the 80s 87 it came out called artists observed i photographed 165 artists in their studios with their work so environmental portraits in their studios black and white leica uh wide angle usually with their work also the twins wide angle leica and then i did you know, I still, though, during those years was shooting on the street. And now all my books are from the street. All my books are street photo books. Um, and the least length of time it's taken me to shoot, not including it's one special book that I can mention, has been six years. So my new book, Coney Island, 50 years, I've been shooting 50 years, now 52 years a former Coney Island book, 40 years. Uh, the Twins book was six years. The Artist book was six years. I did a book on Harlem. There was 23 years of Mexico. Uh, 
uh, 18 years, Italy, 12 years. So I really believe in shooting long-term and accumulating work on themes, maybe many themes, not one just, not just one theme other than it's the place or the country, but themes that I find over those years that I piece together work that is strong enough to make a book from. So do you always specifically have that theme in mind from the start or do you look back at your at your um, archives and say, right. here's a common thread, right. I can move forward with this? Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I would say mostly I look back and find my threads. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do a book on Mexico. I knew I wanted to go to Mexico even before I was going and I knew what I wanted to shoot. Mm -hmm. having never been there, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I knew I was fascinated by the way they treat old, their old people and the way they deal with death, death and dying. So I photographed and looked for images of skeletons, Day of the Dead, which is a three or four day, really a week uh, of festivities celebrating uh, Day of the Dead, which is usually November 1st, All Saints Day. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was looking for that. But like I did a book on Italy. Um, I It took me four years out of the first four years out of the 12 years that I shot there to really figure out what I wanted to do. But I knew I wanted to do a book, but I just didn't know what. So with the twins, once I started shooting it, and that's my first book, I just was shooting twins. And I, I love going back. I love re repeating subject matter, uh, going back to the same town, the same neighborhood, the same content, like twins, not the same twins, but one twin after another. And it took me six years to find 100, uh, what, 165, pairs of twins and in the book there's 55. So by the time I was about a third, you know, I had 30 twins, I knew I was onto something and I would now continue and try to do a book. I didn't know much at all about doing books then. Now I know a lot more, but it's still never easy. So yeah, now like I finished the Coney Island book. I have an archive of photographs on the street of New York kids from the 70s to now that mm. I'm thinking of doing a book on. And I've accumulated them. I make prints. I make, I still work in the darkroom. I'm still shooting 90% film. I have a film developing room right behind me. I have a dark room in Midtown that I, I go to, not, not in my apartment, it's not big enough. Uh, and I, every, week or 10 days i'm in the dark room all day making prints and those are work prints that i bring home and then sort and edit and and sequence into different projects and and some of them are waiting for me for years and years i have another project on uh portraits of people on the street that i meet and shoot eye to eye so it's eat it's, it's where I have them looking into the camera and I talk to them. And sometimes I interview them when I'm talking to them. So when I do street photography, it's candid sometimes, but I'd say 75% of the time, it's where I go up to people and have a conversation. Now I know some people don't think that's street photography, that that's cheating or that's not real street photography. You have to do street photography uh, candidly or anonymously i always felt that that was sneaking and that i have i've developed techniques to approach people uh and 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 discuss and not you know maybe be with them two two minutes maybe five minutes i never want to be with someone more than five minutes it so happens i met a woman in central park where i went up to and four years later, we were married. So, and I made friends. I've made a lot of friends, a lot of fellow fellow and gal photographers, 
who are street photographers. I go to events a lot uh, and, and try to talk to people and not do the event, but do this like a parade. Yeah. I'll do the peripheral to the parade. And um, I think I have a unique style. I'm not the only one that does this, but I think most street photographers are candid. And I've always felt a little underhanded or a little sneaky doing that. It just didn't resonate with me. And I know what Cartier-Bresson did. I love Gary Winogrand's work. Cartier-Bresson I like a lot, not my favorite, but Winogrand really my favorite. More I like August Sander, great, great German photographer from the 20s and 30s who would photograph people on the street with probably a large camera. Uh, Diane Arbus, Paul Strand, Arbus would approach people. So there's a history of street photographers approaching people that, uh, and I just felt better doing it, just psychologically better and able to go up to people. Not always, sometimes it's a little intimidating and I understand that, but I, 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 I when I teach my workshop, my classes, I try to encourage my students to go up to people and not just shoot from a distance and not candidly. So, and one book, uh, it's called Briefly Seen New York Street Life uh, is all, all, all candidates in the sense that I'm shooting, I'm in crowds in New York City on the streets and I'm shooting within the crowd. So I'm really close, mm -hmm. wide angle. When I say wide angle, 21 millimeter lens, and I'm really close. And I love that book. That book has sold the least well of any of my books. Really? I'm, I'm, not sure why. I'm not sure why. So maybe, maybe I'm not good enough to do that or uh, other people. You know, it's like Gary Winogrand's work, who I, who I really admire and like. So it's not that I do that, but I can appreciate it. So you've got you have all these prints of different right. subjects, right? Which you know they take up a lot of room. A lot of room. I, a lot of room. Yeah. How do you keep track of this? I mean, how do you know? You yeah. know, you've got one file with kids. Right. How do you know that the, those pictures may not? Some of them may fit into you know, an, another subject, maybe yeah. another project. Do you yeah. make second prints and put them in the other one? Yeah, I, I, I make four prints of each negative. Oh, okay. Print. No, but because the first print's never good enough, the second's okay, but I want to make, they're not final, final prints. I make print number three and four are good prints. And I have archival boxes all, I'm in my office now and I, you can't see it, but I could, you know, and and I label each box like I see in front of me, Coney Island reject photos, 50 year book, Coney Island 40 years, second portfolio. I've I did a body of work in the 80s and 90s. Of, I was photographing photographers on the street. Mm -hmm. so I have a box of that, those prints. So I can kind of segment the the prints into different subject categories. Then Much you like you would do files on a, on a computer. Mm -hmm. They're in boxes, archival boxes on my shelves. I reckon I have about 25,000 prints, 30,000 in my. In, so where do you keep the negatives? The you have a separate file of negatives cross-referenced somehow? So I, I could find, if you, and I number the prints and they're, they're keyed to numbers of the negative sheets. Mm-hmm. I, I, a roll is 36 frames. I cut them in the strips of six and put them in print file, negative preservers, three ring binders. I buy them, they're punched three, three holes. And I have, I have binders all over also. And if, if you, let's say you wanna buy a print for me and I show you a print on the back, there'll be a number. I could find that negative in two minutes. I'm that organized. That's faster than I can find 90% of my stuff on Lightroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A lot yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah, I can find, I mean, and I have a numbering system that I think I got from Magnum, which gives me the year, the take, the take, like right now I'm, it's, it's 
my number would be 22 for the year. It would be 25. That's the 25th time this year I've gone out to take pictures. Mm. C1 to 5. C stands for cassette or mm -hmm. roll. It could be an R1 mm -hmm. to 5. And I, that means on that day, I've shot five rolls and I developed the rolls eventually. Sometimes I'm two years behind. Mm -hmm. I've caught up a little bit during COVID, but I used to be four, five, six years behind in developing my film, which is not a good idea because I shot so much. Now I've had time to catch up. Um, and so every negative sheet, there's five rolls. It doesn't matter if it's roll one or two that I really shot. I, I will uh, develop four rolls at a time, hang to dry, cut them in strips of six and put them in negative preservers with the number 2225 uh, C1 and then 2225 C2 for the second roll, C3. Mm. So each roll has a unique number. There's never a duplication unless I mess up and forget where I'm at with my numbering system, but I, I keep a record. And mm. so every roll I've shot from 1970, and I have it, here from 1970 to now, and that's when I started with film, uh, not as a full-time photographer, uh, has a unique, a, a unique number. Hmm. No surprise you became an engineer. Yeah, I was an engineer for a while and it helped me. I am, I am organized. You got something out of it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a boring thing, but it's real. And, and I don't know your workflows, but you should get a workflow going digitally as soon as you can. The hardest thing is to go back on stuff. Yes. And, and do it a year later to start filing. You, ugh, I did it. I didn't start this right away. And uh, it was boring and hard and I didn't want to do it. And I thought I was wasting my time, but I caught up and, and now it just flows. You keep up with it every week, every day. Uh, I, I, I was going to grab a, a negative sheet to show you, but we're not, we're not, we're not. Yeah, we, we can see each other, but everybody else is just listening. Yeah. So, um, so that's how I work. And uh, yeah. You've got, well, we're talking about long-term projects. I mean, right. obviously you, you've got a system, obviously that'll help you know, right. helps you actually do that because otherwise the stuff will be lost. But um, how do you get, I don't know, you go back to the same place over and over and over again. They're like Coney Islands. You've been going there for 50 years. I mean, how do you approach that with fresh eyes? Because you've probably well, seen everything and done everything there. And Well, it, Coney Island changes all the time. It's, yeah. and, and here's my... I think a good answer to it. Coney Island changes, but not markedly. There's new rides, there's fires there. There's, you know, they build a new this, a new that, they tear something down. It grows, it expands, it, it contracts every year. Every year there's something new there, but I'm not photographing Coney Island, yeah. the buildings. I mean, they sneak in or the rides, they sneak in. I'm photographing the people and the people change every day. So that's, and I, and crazy people, not crazy, but interesting visually looking people are there uh, all the time. There's, there's people on the boardwalk acting out, dancing, there's dancing, there's musicians, there's wedding photography being done. There's runners, there's walkers, there's people from Brighton beach, the next, neighborhood that are from Russia and and I mean there it's it's a melting pot there's Asians blacks Hispanics a lot of Hispanics Jews uh, some white people and and people are friendly and nice you know that are happy being there so that's what intrigues me and I connected to my childhood when I went to Coney Kennywood Park in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh sure. It was a free day from school in June before school ended for the year. And we would go and spend all day. And it was like the happiest day of the year. And uh, it's just, 
you know, got into my DNA. So when I moved here, of course you heard about Kenny, uh, Coney Island. And I had my first teacher, uh, Ben Fernandez said, get a Leica, get a 21 millimeter lens and go to Coney Island and shoot. He shot there a lot, not as much as I have. And he never did a book. And I've been doing that for over 50 years. So uh, I, and why not go back? I mean, I could look, I go to a lot of, I go to the marijuana parade every, every year. I, I just did the other in May, the dance parade for the seventh time. I'll go to, if they're good for me and rich in possibilities, I will go back to them, to these events. And I, if I went to, when I went to Mexico, I would stay and usually go to the same town, small town, Tosco or San Miguel de, de Allende as my base and then go to other towns. But I always make sure I go back to one or two places that I've been before because I know it. I have maybe some acquaintances, if not friends, and I feel more comfortable there. And I, I don't waste time exploring if I know that there's some where I want to shoot. And I take notes from my visits and, and know when, where and when, to, where and when to go back. The when being, is there a Day of the Dead celebration? Is there um, 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 Independence Day with all that brings out into the streets of Mexico City or, or small towns? So I don't know if that's answering your question, but yeah, going sure. back, I think going back and building a body of work on, on, on a unique, and, and, and one subject, it, it, you know, it, it is really what works for me. I can't do New York City, but I can do neighborhoods of New York City. New York City is really big or any city, Pittsburgh, where I'm from. I like shooting in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool. City. I mean, it's 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 like very it's sort of a country city i mean it's i don't know i haven't been there in three years but it has really interesting neighborhoods so if you go back you'll find that you're make you're making images that kind of relate to each other and, and start saying something you know what? i don't believe in every picture has to tell a story but maybe a book does or an experience I want to give you an experience of what I've experienced or an idea of what I've experienced and open up a part of the world maybe that you can't get to through my work. So, so yeah. You've been to Mexico yeah, a lot over, over many years. Same thing with the Coney Island. I right. mean, how has how your own personal style or your approach evolved over that period of time? Can you just look at a random photo from, say, 19... 72 and one from you know 2002 and yeah. be able to tell you know just by how you shot it uh, quick about, what, yeah, about what period it was no hmm. i don't i haven't evolved one bit <laughs> <laughs> really i mean i shoot the same from 70 that man on the boardwalk that skinny man with it was the wide angle black mm -hmm shot it was a 28 now 85 percent of my shooting is with a 21 millimeter i get close it forces you to get close i'm shooting the same damn things i'm looking for the same things it's crazy i mean i yeah. i wish i could say i've evolved but i haven't and i'm i've tried a lot of different things i've done uh i've done pinhole I did SX-70 a lot in the- Polaroid, yeah. Four by five camera, I, I took it out. I, I've done studio work with a different camera, not with a Leica 21. I do digital work. When I go, if I did a book on India, which I go to, I've gone six times, or New Mexico, which I've gone 20 times, it would probably be with a digital camera color color because i don't know much certain things attract me uh color attracts me but 
Only two books of, of the 10 have been in color. Uh, I much prefer black and white. So I would say, maybe sadly so, that I have not changed. And it would be hard for me, other than knowing the dress or the fashions or the location, to say I did that in 2020 and that one in, in 1980. Yeah, and that's shock, shocking to me that I think about it. I use the same camera. I use the same lens. Uh, I, I was going to ask you that. No, yeah. change film. I used to use Tri-X. Now I, I use FP4, slower film, less grain. I, I have the same issues. Am I bored? No, because I'm dealing with people. And I think people are the most interesting subject matter I could ever shoot. Everyone is different. Everyone's a universe. Everyone is a challenge, you know. Uh, and I fail, I fail 90% of more than nine. If I get one to three shots on a roll of 36, black and white, I'm doing well. That's that's 10%, yeah. if that. So it's two to three to 10%. That's a terrible batting average. I never make the minors <laughs> baseball, let alone the majors, right? Yeah, well. So I don't know what it is. I just, I, I'm curious. You gotta be curious if you're a street photographer. If you're a photographer, you have to be curious. I'm curious about the world. That's why I travel and go to these countries. I could, I, during COVID for a year and a half, close to two years, I only photographed my neighborhood. I never, I'm on the Upper West Side, 90, around 96th Street and Broadway in New York City, it's the Upper West Side. It's a cool area and by a park and by the river. I never photographed here because I always went out. I went downtown, I went to Brooklyn, I went to India. I never, I spent, I, during COVID, I didn't get on the bus, I didn't get on the subway. I have 170 photographs I really like of the neighborhood people and a few storefronts and all that that I'm ready to show as a book, but I'm not ready because who's interested in it, you know? Mm. I showed it to one at a curator at a New York museum, mm -hmm. and she liked it a lot, but uh, I don't think I'll, it'll ever see the light of day. Now I can take some pictures from that, those photos uh, of the children here and put that in my New York children's book that I'm thinking of doing from my archive. Yeah, you've also I, been doing, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and you, I, I, think I, lost my I think we have a little bit of a delay here. Go ahead, what were you gonna say? I don't I don't remember, so <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, but you've done you've done a lot with your iPhone. Yeah, um, that's another and, thing I'm doing. Yeah, and just, when you did the other day, just blew me away with the, with the person holding the dog. Carrying the dog. That was 90 degrees. That dog would not walk any further. <laughs> and he, this guy, not a big guy, probably 22 years old or so. I saw him pick it up and I was out of film on my camera. I had other film to put in. It happened so fast. And he picked this huge dog up and he walked by me and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He wouldn't stop. He said, why are you carrying it? Said, the dog would not take another step. It was over 90 degrees and the heat index was a hundred. And I got a great shot, bang, real quick. And I wrote a little story about it. Yep. So I'm writing stories with my iPhone pictures and please follow me on Instagram. It's Stein at, no, it's Stein. Ugh. Well, that's okay. We'll put it in the article. Just, yeah. Yeah. I have it. Okay. I'm drawing a blank. Follow me on my answer and, and go back to May and you'll see, I post once a week, once 10 to every 10 days, and you'll see this big hum humongous dog being carried and it's, it's fun. And I, it was a grab shot, a grab shot. Well, you know what to look for, but yeah, I mean, yeah. so many people just on Instagram, this post, 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 you know, they might have five photos a day, but you take your time, you, you post, like you say, one photo a week or whatever, and yeah. you always have a nice story behind it. I try, yeah. And so it's, it's getting it's, me into writing these little stories. I might publish that in five years, who knows? Yeah, 100 yeah. of those. Uh, 
you know, so I'm, again, I'm interested in people and their lives. And I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I married a woman that I met on the street from photographing. I, I think maybe I said that already. Mm -hmm. uh, I get, I've made friends. Uh, I send pi pictures from my Instagram, from my iPhone to people if they want. I will not make a print in the darkroom and send it because I sell my prints. But these pr iPhone, I take uh, lightly. I don't take it as serious, but it's mm -hmm. fun. And I enjoy Instagram. And I put it on Facebook at the same time. I don't like Facebook. Instagram, I just went through some stuff. Every other picture now is an ad almost. So they're ruining it. Facebook owns it and they're ruining it. But yeah. or that's the best I know to do, to just get a picture out a week, you know, because I don't sometimes I don't have an exhibit for a year or so. By the way, I'm having an exhibit in uh, in in Winchester, Massachusetts. September eighth is the opening oh. for my SX seventy photographs. Oh, really? Good. Girl. And that's September eighth at the Griffin Museum of Art. Mm -hmm. I want to do a plug. If you're in the Boston area, it's seven miles from Boston. It's a museum of photography and a really good small museum. And they're doing great. They, they have a great following and they're getting good people. And I think I'm doing a, I might be doing a, a, a workshop for them, a weekend workshop also. Yeah, you've done that before for them, haven't I've you? Many times up yeah. there for them. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing I did a book on. Uh, I did a book on Essex 70 photographs from the Mardi Gras that I took in 1979. The book is called Then and There, colon Mardi Gras 1979. It's 47 SX70 photographs of people close up and three feet away and their faces and their masks and their face painting and it's it's published by Zatara Press out of Richmond a small press publisher really good and you could you can go to my website and you'll see some images and he has books I'm sold out of the books uh, yeah. I sold out and uh, that was another facet of my uh, work uh, color I shot it in a week but it sat in my drawer since 79 so what's that 40 some years and 40 years of, of sitting in my drawer and, and this guy andrew fad fadnik i'm mispronouncing his name came up to me at a festival he said i know your work do you have anything that you would like to publish that you that would be surprising coming from you and i said yeah i have these sx70s of mardi gras no one's ever seen them. I've never done anything. I happened to be looking at them, I guess, at one point. So it was in my mind. And he came up from Richmond and looked at me and he said, I'm gonna publish these. And two years later in 20, October, 2020, it came out. Yeah. I think you have the book. I uh, do have it. I yeah. do have it. Um, a nice little beautiful. gem is what I call. Yeah, so, he, he did a beautiful job with it. Yeah, he, he's very meticulous. Yeah. So there's a situation where I shot it in a week and I shot it not, you know, I, I made 80 images. Normally during the day I would shoot the Mardi Gras with my, S, with my Leicas film. And then twilight time, getting dark, my film's not that fast. I pulled out the SX-70 and from five to eight, would shoot with flash cubes mounted on the camera, <laughs> 670, and shoot with flash cubes. And that was the iPhone of its day in the sense that you got instant photographs, color, small, but beautiful. They're gem-like, these photographs. And, and this is what I'm showing at the, at the museum in September. Um, and I accumulated them and, and edited them and sequenced them, and they just lay here until Andrew approached me and I said, great. That's the first time I've ever been approached. That doesn't usually happen. Yeah, uh, a lot of people want. And he said, yeah. No, I mean, so many people want to publish a book. Everyone. You're the only person I ever met where someone actually came up to him and say, what do you have to publish? Well, famous, famous, uh, like if you're Avedon or yeah. 
this Alex Slot, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> Not that famous. Yeah, yeah they, they get uh, they yeah. get people approaching them, maybe. Um, but uh, it's nice. It's nice. And I love doing books. It's a lot of work. It's a labor of love. You don't make money. You don't make money doing books, but it helps with your career. And you have a sense of completion. Like when I finished the artist book, I'm not photographing artists when I'm, I'm not photographing twins. For some reason, I'm still going back to Coney Island and photographing. Even since the book has been published, uh, I, have, I have probably 20 new photographs that I've taken and made prints of that I really like. So I'm saying, why not do 60 years? You know? <laughs> That's not going to happen probably. And who knows why not? who's going to be around. But I think I've had enough. But I have these other projects. But um, yeah, I sort of end when a book is published and then try to move on to something else. Yeah. Do you ever think about going back to those twins and photograph them now, um, 30 years later? Yeah, it's it's 72 to 76. So 50, 50 years. years. They're mostly gone. Mm. I did do that a little bit in the 90s. I tried to get the book republished and that wasn't too successful. A lot of books are reissued, reissued. Mm -hmm. And I think I could still try, but I'm always interested in new, new things. Um, I did a few and then, you know, I felt I did it and I want to move on and mm -hmm. not spend my time doing, doing twins again. And um, I love the book. I love, I love the uh, subject matter. I went to a twin convention. Did you go to Twinsburg? No, that, uh, my book came out in 78. Twinsburg started in 79. Oh. But I, there was a group called Mothers of Twins, and they had a Mothers of Twins convention every year at different locations. And the one year I went, it was in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh. And I went with my writer, who was a twin. So uh, we interviewed them and photo. I did several photographs for the book there. We were in the elevator. This is a funny story. It's, and... Uh, Ted was my writer's name, Ted Woolner. And we were on the elevator in the hotel where the convention was. And our two sets of twins were on there in the hotel, in the elevator also. And I said, Ted, you know, I, it was the first day, first morning or first evening that we got there. And I said, I, I got a headache. I got a splitting headache. And one of the twins said, well, of course you have a headache. You're, you're, you're seeing nothing but double all the time. So... So, oh yeah, that must be it. That must be it. So, you know, people are fun. I enjoy them. I enjoy being with them. Sometimes I don't like them. On the street, I get refused 50% of the time, depending where I'm at. In New York, 50% of the time. In India, rarely ever do you get refused. In Mexico, 50% of the time. In Brooklyn, in Manhattan, 50% Yes, 50%. In Brooklyn, 75, yes. 20, really? no. Big, that big of a difference. Just... It's a big difference. But you shouldn't anticipate, oh, that person's not going to let me do it. Just try it. I've never been harmed. I've, 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 I've had, I think, a stone thrown at me, a bottle thrown at me, maybe. I like to ask. I don't ask. I say, I want to photograph you. Uh, or I'd like to photograph, and I'll say, can I? Because then they'll say no, or they could say no too easily. I go up and try to find a, a, a positive thing uh, to say about them. Oh, I like your shirt. I like your hair. I like your uh, tattoo, tattoos. I like to photograph that. I like your dog. Can, can you hold them? I don't care about the dog. I want to do the person. What's the entree in? And then you pose them a little bit or, or not, or let them just be natural. Workers uh, on the street, they're usually amenable. Uh, and, that, and then I, I pose people, and I, but not overly pose. And I let them be themselves, but I compliment them. That's the word I was looking for. I compliment them going into them with a the camera. When I shoot uh, 
candidly and then they see me, that's when you get into trouble. That's when people tend to get mad and say, you should ask me or you have to ask me. You don't, but they're yeah. right in a way. We should be that, you know. So, you have to be respectful for sure. Yeah, yeah. And people get upset when you do that uh, a lot. Uh, so usually I feel more comfortable going in and ask, not asking, but either like in Mexico, I would nod because I speak, or Italy, or India. India, they speak a lot of English. Indians love being photographed, and they like photographing you. They're as curious about us as we are about them. Same in any Asian country, it's much easier to photograph. China was easy, easy. Everyone would put up the peace sign and smile. I hate that. I don't want people smiling also, by the way. I want them to be serious. I want a serious look. I, I reject 99% of the photos I take with people smiling. Yeah. It's just too, I don't want, it's too nice. I want a certain harshness, but not crazy, crazy harshness, maybe like Bruce Gilden does, but he's, <laughs> very, he's very good and very effective. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, that's something that happened to me. Well, I went to that parade with Mike Ruggiero, who uh -huh. Harvey introduced me to. And I'm, we're actually walking along with the parade, right? And I'd stop and talk to people. And I, I met these little little guys. One was like six years old. He's missing the two little African American kid, and we're talking. He's excited because Mc, Ronald McDonald's coming, and I photographed him and his family. And and then his little his big brother, who was probably eight years old, just was looking at my camera. He goes, "Guy, look at your camera." And so I put the strap around his neck. Right. And, you know, it was manual focus. So I, I just, I had to set it off 11, so I had a lot, a lot of depth. I said, take my picture. So he takes a couple of pictures of me, which included his little brother. Actually, he was given the peace sign. Yeah. It was it was a great photograph. And, you know, he's like as high as my stomach. So the perspective, the low perspective of a little kid. Mm. And I thought, I have to do this more often. Get down low. <laughs> well, definitely for me. But give my camera to somebody else and have them have them take a photo and see what it is. He did a really nice job. So in my new book, uh, there's a picture of me uh -huh. upside down <laughs> that I'm using for the book as one of the main pictures. And I'm upside down. I gave my camera to a kid and he photographed me. And the, and the parachute jump is tilted in the in the top of it or the bottom of it. I'm not sure. And yeah, that happens. That's fun. Take yeah. a kid's eye view mm -hmm. that way. Sit on the ground and shoot uh, like you're three feet tall or get on, on your knees. When I do kids, I get down low. I try to get, I, I shoot from above them also, but I try to get down low too. It makes sense to do that. Yeah, we forget what what their perspective is like they're, they're so yeah. little and they're always looking up looking at your knees or absolutely whatever absolutely. so that's so, that's great yeah i've got to put that one on instagram yeah you should yeah I just i've been so busy right okay with their, with, you know i haven't done anything with my own stuff but yeah. by the time this comes out i will good i hope so, I hope so. <laughs> and uh Another trick that, not trick, but strategy I use is going to events, mm -hmm. to parades, to, I went to an abortion rally because of the abortion issue mm -hmm. in the Supreme Court, uh, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. And I'll, I'll, for parades, I'm not shooting the parade, although sometimes I, I'll go, yeah. I go walk in. I'm shooting the peripheral. I'm shooting the, I go early. I go to the beginning and there is a multitude of people waiting around getting ready for the parade. They're on the side streets, at least in New York, and you have access to them and I can talk to them. They're just hanging out. Just They could be waiting for, for an hour or two before their turn comes. I do get there early. They're in costumes, fabulous costumes, maybe. We had a Japan Day parade, first one here in June, in May this past May, it was terrific. And you have access to these exotic, wonderful people that uh, you, they're so open to being photographed. 
you know? And there's the dance parade in May also. And, and we have three, four parades a weekend here. So I don't do the parade, but it's a rich source of subject matter. Mm -hmm. To find out, 4th of July parade, find out in your locations where there's events happening, a block party, I go to block parties, where there's gatherings of people where you're gonna find people. Uh, crowds on in 42nd Street, I would walk and shoot. You know, go where you're gonna maximize your chances if you're shooting people, if you're doing street photography. Mm -hmm. Street photography, street photography shooting storefronts? I don't know. Does it have to have people? No, I don't think so. I know you're very open and liberal with your definition of street photography, Bob. Me? Uh, no. Yeah, you're pretty open, I think. I'm, I'm not legalistic, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Street photography usually connotes uh, human presence, but mm -hmm. you can show a human presence without showing the human. Yes, you can. And you have to have a face? No, it could be a leg, an arm, someone's back. Um, you know, so I'd like to have an open, broad definition, and I would include images of storefronts in a street photo uh, book. Uh, definitely. Uh, I did that in my neighborhood project because it added to the flavor of the neighborhood. It's not mm -hmm. only the people, but it's mostly for me, it's the people, but it's the neighborhood that we have to live in and, and, and go into stores and all sure. that. I think if you go into a store, it's not street photography, but what if you go into Macy's or um, a Gimbal's. mall? <laughs> Gimbal's, yeah. But what if you go into a mall? Did you have a gimbal's in uh, Cleveland? No. No. We had it in, in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. My we aunt. Had, we had Higby's, Halley's May Company. Those are the big stuff. Oh, we had May Company. Yeah. Kaufman's, which was a Kaufman's, good yeah. Yeah. So find out where your local events are, are occurring and check them out. I, I think, you know, and don't get impatient. The, don't walk up into a, go to a place in 10 minutes, ah, there's nothing here. You have to work it. You have to work, walk back and forth, maybe spend an hour, at least give it a chance. I go to places where it's only a block long, maybe a block party. And if I left in 10 minutes, I'm, I'm losing out. Things evolve and change uh, during that hour. So, um, and it could be, you know, take drive to it. I, I've driven, you know, for me to go to Coney Island on a subway takes an, an hour and 20 minutes. It's 26 mm. miles away. If I drove, it would, I don't have a car these days. Excuse me. If I, if I drove, it would be 45 minutes. So you have to schlep, you have to go uh, out of your neighborhood because don't expect it all to be in your, in your, in your immediate surroundings, right? You have to explore and go out. And you do all this with a 21. 21, I have a 35. I carry that with a second camera, but that's often in my bag. I just love the 21. And I, you know, I know I miss work uh, subjects. I miss photos with not using a 80, let's say, or a 70 yeah. millimeter. Uh, I never, ne I have them. I have the lenses, but I don't use them. 35 is my normal lens and 20 no tw yeah 35 is my normal and 21 is my uh um limited uh wide angle lens in your but face wide angle <laughs> yeah. what i love about it is it get you're close it forces you to get close if you don't get close enough your pictures aren't going to be good enough and i can get close and an environment around the person it's mm. so not just i'm not interested in just the face usually a headshot. I want more than that. So I get close, three, four feet. I have their attention, interaction, their emotionality, and I get some uh, information about where they are, which can be a context. Character. Yeah. yeah. So how do you shoot with such a wide lens and still not make their nose look like? Right. Well, if you keep the camera parallel yeah. to the face and not point down or point up, down or up, uh, it, you won't get distortion or much. 
newer lenses are really good with distortion. Mm -hmm. and so where you get the distortion is on the edges and I like distortion. I li it energizes the photograph. It gives it a sense of movement and motion. And so, like when, when a hand is sticking out, I photographed someone the other day and their hands out with their, oh, I made a print of an Indian woman doing a selfie with her hand out mm -hmm. and, yeah. and the camera. And so her hands extended and distorted. She's photographing herself and her boyfriend sitting in front of the Taj Mahal uh way in the background I, and it, it i think it works so there's some distortion like legs really out or arms out that it, it doesn't work so well on but faces not a not a problem usually not a, and i i defy anyone to look at my books and say this is a 21 millimeter lens you no. wouldn't even know it and i would say in all my books since all my books, they're either all wide angle lenses, 21s, or, and a few 35 millimeters. Nothing 50, nothing. I don't ever take a lens out beyond 35 millimeters. 35 millimeters is my long lens. That's what I wanted to say. And I, my uh, normal lens is a 21, yeah. And Virginia Hines, you know well, student uh -huh. of yours. Yes. She, she wrote an article for a magazine a couple of years ago uh about the 20 21 using a 21 yeah and um i wound up getting one not long after that do you use it much yeah i i haven't been lately it's it's from for a fuji oh. it's, it's actually a 14 but it's which okay. is a 21 equivalent yeah. i love it I, I just, you need to get close yeah oh yes closer than yeah, I you know I don't want to be ten feet away from my subject. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, there are shots where you are, and sometimes that's good and that works. A small person in in a big uh, billboard or a big uh, building mm -hmm. can look small. What's your what's your subject? What's your theme? And that's another thing I want to emphasize before we go is think about themes. Uh, you can think of them beforehand and go out and try to fulfill that, or Look at your work, follow your work. I say my photographs uh, talk to me, they lead me, they guide me. That's the word I like to use, they guide me, they inform me. I, um, if I am in tune with them and look at what I'm shooting, I get ideas from the work. I, ideas of what to shoot and how to shoot from the photograph. Sometimes we're not always conscious of what we're doing, we're intuitive. We're not mindless, certainly. We're, we're thinking when we're out there, but things happen really quickly. And, and later on, when you see that this picture and that picture that you took three months ago and this one three weeks ago, they kind of connect and relate to each other. That's how I got the idea of doing twins. I shot three pairs of identical twins on the street in New York, May 71, 72. And uh, I liked two of them. And said, that's not a bad idea. Let me go out and try to look for twins. And I did. And then I started telling people I need to photograph twins and it snowballed. And six years later, I had a book. So reading your work and paying attention to your work and, your, and what you care about, what you like and what is of interest to you. Like, I knew nothing about people living with AIDS. I'm in the epicenter of the AIDS epidemic in New York City. so. I went to an organization, G GMHC, Gay Men's Health Crisis. It's the first AIDS organization and the largest one in the world, and it's still around. Um, and I submitted a proposal to go come in and photograph their clients as a service to them. Uh, and I did 120 portraits of, in the studio of people living with AIDS. Um, with a four by five camera. Why did I want to do that? I knew nothing about it. It's devastating the city. Um, I had friends, I didn't know any, I actually did not know anyone who I was friendly with that had AIDS, but you know, Rock Hudson and different people mm -hmm. publicly uh, got AIDS. And it, it gave me a way to learn about the four or five. That was another reason. And I made some beautiful work out of it. Um, 
So we have to search for our themes, but sometimes they come and they hit us in the face. And thinking about going back at like a community center, an old age home, I photographed my, my grandmother in the 70s in an old age home in Pittsburgh. That got me into the, the shooting older people. I didn't want to do it for a long because I was still a young guy and I didn't mm -hmm. that there much. But, uh, you know, th there's so many themes, there's so many possibilities. It's, it's amazing. I see books on themes uh, that blow my mind, like a type of person or, you know, the disabled or cancer victims or, or oh, I just saw a book can't tell you who it was. Oh yeah, I read about it, I didn't see it. Rape vic mm. men and women who were born, who had a mother that was a rape victim. Wow. In, in uh, what country? I forget. It's in Zeke, it's in the magazine Zeke. There's oh. a review. Do you know Zeke? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I subscribe to it. It's yeah. really do you subscribe to it at all? Or? No, no, I should. I um, it's good. I, they they do. They start a social documentary network. Yeah, social and, documentary yeah. network. Yeah, yeah. and the book review of the rape victims, just the portraits of these people that were born as and, and are now adults. You know, twenty some year olds and from Rwanda. That's the country. Oh, and okay. When they were. Mm -hmm, the Hutus I think and the, the Tutsis was yeah. 1996-ish, yeah. so they would be, let's see, 25 yeah. years old, 20 years old. You know, wow, what a thing! And discussing it, and discussing it, and being public about it. Wow. Yep. There's, there's no. So long-term project, I think. It's better to work that way than a picture here and a picture there. What does that amount to? You want it to amount to something and you want to say something. And we all want books. So, so maybe we strive to do that. And I teach a class, I'm teaching a class for Los Angeles Center of Photography, starts in October, remote, on how to do a photo book. I did it uh, for them twice now and it's they're a great organization. Yes, they are. I like them a lot. Yeah, org, And they put out good classes. They put out good uh, emails and blogs. So people, you guys should be aware of them. Yeah, they just... In Los Angeles. I highly yeah. recommend them. And I teach at ICP, International Center of Photography, for the last... Since 1976, I missed one year of teaching it. And they're really good too. That's like my second home. Uh, and, and they have a new facility. They have a new museum, new classes. They moved. Third time they've moved in about 20 years here. Uh, and uh, they're, they're wonderful also. So. so before we go, why don't you tell us where people can find you and where they can learn more about your new book, okay. where they can find it. Well, they can find it in good bookstores. They can find it in New York in, in Rizzoli bookstore. Definitely on uh, uh, at, uh, uh, Amazon. Uh, a lot of people even pre-ordered the book on Amazon. They sell a lot of books of mine. I have other books that they sell. Um, and decent, you know, probably good bookstores or you can order it from a bookstore, definitely. It's called Coney Island People, 50 Years. Uh, my uh, website, I have harveysteinphoto.com is the website. Instagram is <laughs> Stein. Uh, oh, that's okay. We'll put it in the article. And I'm on Facebook also. Uh, we'll put that in there too. And my website's a good place to find some of my work also. And then there's 10 books, which maybe uh maybe you could put uh well we yeah you you did a sheet for me on my books at one point i remember and that's right i did yeah i could send you that if 
I don't know if you can put it up. It's this is all uh, audio. Well, it, it it publishes with an with a an article. Oh, all right. Uh, so so I, yeah, you will have we're we're gonna have a few photos from your new book oh, in there. In, in the magazine, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. it'll be in the it, it'll be in the uh, in the podcast section. Uh huh. Of the magazine. Yeah. Well, of our website. Oh, the website. The website. We have the magazine on the website, which is by subscription, but then we the podcast is available yeah. to everybody. Okay. It's all in one place. Great. One stop so, shopping. Yeah, good. So thanks for having me, Bob. Always enjoyable. And one of these days we're going to meet in person. As long as we've been together here, working <laughs> together, five years, six years, we have not met. So. I know. I'm, I'm a hermit. What can I say? No, no, me too. I mean, it's the beauty <laughs> of uh, digital, the digital world and uh, Zoom and Skype and and all that stuff. <laughs> well, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time. Okay, my pleasure. And uh, I look forward to meeting you one of these days and coming on again in a couple of years. Absolutely. Okay, thank you.